Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Just uh, uh, amazing. I, I want to uh, thank all of you uh, so much for your heart for the house giving over the last couple of years as we've purchased land out in, in Orange Park and the west side right there off of 295 as we've planted Celebration Orlando and as we have renovated our Midtown campus that uh, we're opening up in January and also our college facility, brand new college facility for our next gen. We're so excited about that. Uh, as well. But um, church, right now, I just want to thank all of you for what you have done, for what you have given to. There's so much more, so many missions, projects that we could go over today, but I just want to thank you for making a difference in the lives of others. And speaking of Orlando, did you know in just over two years, they've had uh, around 2,000 decisions for Christ, and they have almost 2,000 people attending Celebration Orlando right now. And what you saw, what, what you saw were just a few just a few of the hundreds of hundreds, hundreds of testimonies uh, in that church right now. And we're excited about this next year. As you know, we have an opportunity in this next year to open up uh, more seats in one year than in our previous 18 years combined. How many of you know that is a miracle? That is God with that opportunity. I want to just put them up here real quick, real quick. We've been talking about these. We've been praying about these, but our new facility out at OP in the west side, our college facility in Jacks, Amelia Island, Orlando, they're, they're, they're maxed out. They're launching another campus. How about that down in Orlando, of course, Fort Lauderdale, and also Belfast. So come on, let's give God a big, big hand for these great churches that are going, gonna go in and make an, a tremendous impact in those communities, in those areas, and, uh, and in the next generation. All right, one more time, just welcome all of our campuses and those out at Honey Lake right now. Let's welcome them into the experience. And it is our big Heart for the House weekend. This is where once a year uh, in the fall we stop and, and we just get focused on what's important before the holidays hit and all that kind of stuff. And we get focused on what's important. And that is Jesus, of course, but also Jesus' mission, and that is building his church. Jesus said uh, that I will build my church. That's what Jesus is doing right now until he returns. He's building his church. How many of you want to be in on what Jesus is doing in the earth? And he's building his church, and uh, he's commanded us to go and make disciples. So before everything gets crazy with uh, the holidays and with the election, Lord Jesus, help us. And uh, so, so, so let's just move on real quick. And uh, Lord Jesus, help us. Just be praying on, on Tuesday, okay? And thank you, sir. But uh, we, wanna, we wanna focus on what's eternal and what really matters, and that is God's house. So what we do every fall is we ask everyone, we've been for talking about this for about a month now, we show you the projects and what God has put on our heart, what the vision is, and then we ask you to bring your very best offering today over and above your tithe, 
If you're new to church and, and you haven't been tithing, what a lot of people do is this is the weekend where they begin to tithe. So some of you, your first step this weekend is starting to tithe. Uh, but, but for everyone else, we ask you to bring the very best offering you can over and above your tithe to go to Jesus and expanding his church. And, and here's the thing about our church, okay? When it comes to vision, God gives me and our lead team the vision uh, for what, what we feel like uh, God has called us to do. And I think if you look back over the past three years with Riot and the Next Generation and Orlando and all that, I, I think that speaks for itself that we're really doing our best to follow God and God's leading us. But e even though our lead team sets where the vision is, you, our congregation, you dictate the pace of that vision. In other words, we can do these things at the speed of your generosity. You control the pace at which Jesus is able to build his church. How many of you know that's a pretty big responsibility? It's a big responsibility. And so we've talked about, you know, what our goal is, is, is 1.7 million dollars. It's actually 2.4 million for the whole year. Uh, we have 1.7 left, but did you know in just the last few weeks, another uh, $200,000 has come in, so now it's only 1.5, so how about that? Isn't that awesome? But here's the thing. This is so important. Listen to me. This is so important. Then I have a short message, and we're going to pray and take up the offering. It's going to be a sacred moment, but this is so, so important. Listen, here's, here's the thing. What today is about and what Heart for the House is about, it's not about that amount that amount will take care of itself, okay? What it's about and what our team prays for and what we fast for coming into the week is that you as an individual hear from God on what you're supposed to give. Your gift, whatever it is, this is about you and God and you hearing from God and you just obeying God in that area. It's about participation for, for, for everybody because God wants to do something powerful in you and for you as you obey him in this area. So, so technically, we don't ask people to give. What we ask you to do, what I ask you to do is I ask you to ask God and give what God tells you to give. How many of you be honest and you're kind of afraid to pray that prayer to God? You're kind of like, man... I ask God what to give, then hmm. I'm gonna be in trouble. Listen, God's good, and he wouldn't ask you to give something that he wasn't ready to bless you back with so many times over and do a miracle in your life and bless you, okay? We can trust God. He's a good God. He is for us. And so if, if you have your Bibles, I'm gonna ask you, you know, I'm gonna go over a few scriptures today, but if you wanted to kind of park somewhere on your phone or in the Bible. You can go to Psalms 139, 16, 139, 16. And, and before there, we're there, I just kind of want to catch you up uh, where we've been. Um, you know, we've been talking about Nehemiah, that Nehemiah and the people of God, they, we, we were, they, they were rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem, but it was really a type and shadow of God's people building God's house, building God's church and how they all got together and they said, look, it doesn't doesn't matter who you are, everyone has a part to play. Remember, everyone needs to have a brick in one hand and a sword in the other. Your offering is your brick today. We need all the bricks to come into the wall and so God's house can be strong 
and expand. And then through, you know, <clears throat> the children of Israel at that time, because, you know, of the captivity of the Babylonians and everything like that, they were so discouraged. And it had just been a long, long time since they had really just kind of celebrated the goodness of God. And so they finished rebuilding the wall and it was a miracle and all this kind of stuff. And revival breaks out and there's this big celebration. And kind of before we get into the gist of the message, I just kind of wanted to transition from this in Nehemiah chapter 8. Verse 10, look what it says here. It says, and Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich foods and sweet drinks. Come on, how many of you know God knows how to throw a good party? I'm not even gonna look into Hebrew what those sweet drinks are, okay? Just get away from that. All right, look, he's talking about Coca-Cola, I'm sure, Diet Pepsi. For rich foods and sweet drinks, and look, Sure gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. It's a sacred day. Hey, church, this is a sacred day. It's a holy day. It's a day of celebration. Look what it says. It says, don't be dejected and sad. Look, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So, so following up to chapter eight, they completed the wall. And then it, it talks about in chapter, uh, up to chapter eight, all the offerings that the people brought. And people brought different amounts, whatever they could, you know, of gold and silver and all these things. And so now it, it's all come to fruition and they're celebrating. And here's what Nehemiah says to everyone. Listen, listen, what you've done, building God's house and giving and all that, you don't understand. God has not only done something for his church and for his mission, this project that we've completed. But listen, God has done something powerful in you and for you. And so he says, look, now that we're connected to God's purpose and we're all in this together, man, this is our family. This is a family day. This is a sacred day. Let's celebrate. And he says, listen, God, this, this revival, this, you know, there's tears of joy, all this stuff going on, all this stuff that you're feeling, listen, this is God making you alive making you strong. Never forget this experience and remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. In other words, watch. True happiness and fulfillment only come from God. And that's what I wanna talk to you about today for just the next few moments and I've entitled this message, The Quest for Happiness. The Quest for happiness. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, for these next 20, 25 minutes, God, help us to lean in. We are all on a quest for happiness, whether we realize it or not. And Lord, we thank you that you are the only one that can truly give us happiness. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. I want you to look at this now in Psalm uh, 139, 16. Look at this. It says, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Can I just pause right there? This is why we so believe that every life is important. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Do you hear me? This is why we are pro-life. We believe every person, no matter how it came that they became in a womb, you know what? God saw them before they were even created, before they were every ever born. Look, every, and when those lives are ended in the womb, okay, listen, I know I speak from this. Before I was saved, I had a girlfriend who had an abortion, okay? I know this pain. Every, look, every day of my life was recorded in your book. I'm just helping everyone with a God perspective of why we believe what we believe, if you're new to church, okay? So every day of my life, 
Every life matters to God. Every life is beautiful to God. Every life is important to God. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment, look at this, every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Isn't that powerful? So what does this look like to you, this scripture? What does this say? You know what this tells me? Look, every day, of my, look, it was recorded in a book. There's a book. In other words, watch. God has written a story about your life and about the kingdom of God, and about his family, okay? It's the story, it's the redemptive story of man, and guess what, you are a major character in that book. God has written a book about your life, and like any good story, think of any good story, any good movie, what does every story start off with? A problem. <laughs> There's a tension. There's some kind of problem or some kind of tension that what? That needs to be solved. Okay, so think about the story of mankind. Okay, what, what is our problem? Our problem is sin and the results of sin. So what does sin lead to? Sin leads to people being lost, broken, hurt, empty, unfulfilled. The Bible uses the word dead in their trespasses and sins. People are not alive, so people are not happy. Now watch. That is why every single human being is on a quest for happiness. So we start our lives, we are unfulfilled, and there's all these, these we go through this quest where, where we are trying to meet needs in our life that will bring us happiness or that we think will bring us happiness and through that process, God is working in us to bring us to him and show us what true happiness is all about. Do you see? So here's what God wants to happen in your life. You're on a quest for happiness. There's a problem. We're broken. We're empty. We're unfulfilled. You know, if, you're, if you don't know Jesus, the Bible says you're dead in your trespasses and sins. You're, you're not alive. Here's what God wants to do. God wants to turn that around. God wants to bring you to a fulfillment in your quest. He wants your story to end well. And everyone is at a different chapter in your story. So you might be in a real difficult time right now. Can I encourage you today? Listen, that's just a chapter. That's not the book. That's just a chapter. It's not the end of the story. Come on, God's gonna, God's gonna bring you through that. You're on a quest. You're on a journey. And we know it ends well because we know the ending of the book of books, and that is Jesus has given us victory over sin, death, hell, the grave, and all of these things. So if we can tap into him and his purposes, we can understand what happiness and life is all about. God wants you to be happy, and he wants you to be fully alive. Okay, Stovall, so what's, what's the key? So Jesus, right? Well, yes, Jesus is the foundation, but can I tell you this? Once Jesus is your foundation, it's like, okay, now you're on the road, but guess what? You've, there's, you've got a lot more to go. Are you following me? So look at these scriptures here. Jesus absolutely is the foundation, and here's what these scriptures are talking about here in 1 John chapter 5, 11. It says, look, and this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his What? Son, okay, here's the solution to unhappiness, broken, lost, unfulfilled, emptiness. Here's this life that God talks about, okay, look. And that, that this life is in his son. Whoever has a son has life. Everybody say life. 
Whoever does not have the son does not have life. That word life in the Greek is zoe. Put it up there. Zoe, look what it means. To be possessed with vitality, to be fully alive. How many of you wanna be possessed with something good? <laughs> possessed with vitality to be made fully alive. So back to Nehemiah, that's what the people of God are experiencing. Kind of for the first time. Oh my gosh, we've tapped into God's purposes God's church, God's family, God's house is strong. I'm feeling this life. I'm feeling this strength. I, I feel possessed by this awesome vitality that's bigger than me, that kind of transcends even who I am. It's like the role, what I'm a part of is much bigger than the role I just played. And now, man, I'm possessed with this vitality. I feel fully Alive. See, here's the thing, whether you want to realize it or not, all of us are possessed. <laughs> I'm not talking about exorcists, you know, like blah, all right, I'm not talking about that. So many people are possessed with unforgiveness, possessed with brokenness, possessed with anger, lust, regret, greed, you know, consumed with, with, trying to please others, they're possessed by that. Their life is driven, possessed by things that actually not only don't lead to the happiness, they do the very opposite and lead to more emptiness and more brokenness. Do you see? So see, the enemy, all of us watch. God created this way. He wired us this way. All of us have this internal GPS mechanism, trying to find the dial in, this quest for happiness. And guess what? The devil, he's got a plan for you too. Because we're going to fill our hearts with something. No one can turn off this quest for happiness. So that's why Jesus said this. Look at this. John 10, 10. The thief's purpose is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, the enemy wants to bring things in your life or he wants to bring mindsets into your life, strongholds into your mind. A stronghold is something that you believe that's actually deception, that's a lie, so you'll live your life on it and that actually leads to more emptiness instead of more freedom, okay? He wants to come in. He's got a plan for your quest to be fulfilled, but that quest is gonna end in, in what? In destruction, Okay, but look what Jesus says. My purpose, everybody say my purpose. So here's what Jesus does. And then also remember what Jesus is doing. He's building his church. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying Zoe, life. I want my people to be possessed with vitality. I want my people to be fully alive. I want my people to see that my joy is their greatest strength. And what this is going to do, this is going to be a witness to others. When they see my people, they're going to say, maybe that person has found the answer to their quest. Oh, somebody needs to help me preach up in here today. Maybe that person. Are you following me? So Jesus wants to give us life. And you know, we're, we're talking, we're, we're, I'm preaching scripture to you this, this morning, but you know, this has also been proven by psychology 
in, in science. How many of you are familiar with uh, Maslow's order of needs? Maslow's order of needs. Yes, all the people that studied psychology. I was almost a psychologist and a psychiatrist and a famous NFL football player and a movie star and several <laughs> other things in different fantasies that I had over time. No, I'm just kidding. Maslow's order of needs. So he was a psychologist in 1943, okay? And he kind of came out, that's why you study him in psychology. He kind of came out, it's called Maslow's order of needs. And what he realized is what I'm telling you today, what the Bible's been saying all along, is that man is on a quest for happiness. And what man thinks is, and how man is wired is, on this quest for happiness, there's these order of needs. And like, he, he, for initially, for him to have some level of happiness, or fulfillment, he's gotta meet this need. And then he goes on to this need. And then he goes on to that need. It's like this meeting of needs on, on this quest where he can be happy. Let me show you those needs real quick, okay? Put them up there, put them up there. The, the first four obvious, okay? Physical needs, you gotta have food, clothing, shelter, you need air to breathe, all that kind of stuff. No one's happy if they can't breathe. Okay, so physical needs, safety needs, keep going. Love needs, everybody needs love, okay? And esteem needs. These first, they call these survival needs, uh, uh, um, 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 deficiency needs, okay? Every human being has to have these things in some way or context, okay? But then he said there's a higher level of needs. Once these are kind of satisfied in some way, so go, go to the next one after this, okay? So then there's cognitive needs, that's knowledge, understanding, okay? Keep going. Aesthetic needs. This is really big in alcohol. Aesthetic needs are like your, your need for um, reflection, creativity, um, all those things. The way that we present worship is an aesthetic need. It's why I need to be in the woods sometimes. Do you see what I'm saying? The woods meet my aesthetic need, my connection with nature. Why some of you love the beach? Why some of you love to surf? Well, you know, whatever it is, right? That, like you can see right now, I have this camo town. Why? It's, it's helping me meet an aesthetic need, even if I have to simulate it because I can't go to the woods, okay? I can at least simulate an experience. Okay, now watch this. Now, 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 now we're getting down where originally this was his last one, okay? The seventh need, the self-actualization needs. Right now in America, studies show that only 2% of Americans have arrived at this. Remember, this is a quest for happiness. You have all physical, you know, have all those other things met. You get down, you get down to transcendence needs. I mean, I mean uh, self-actualization needs. What is self-actualization? That's this, where you kind of figure out who you are what you're good at, what you're not good at. It's kind of like how you're wired, okay? This is, uh, this is what I am. This is what I do. I'm very, very fulfilled. People that reach this are very, very successful, usually, in what they do because they've realized this is how I'm wired and this is, this is what I do. Only 2% of people in America have, uh, have reached this level, they say, which is why, watch, which is why growth track is so important. Okay, that's why when you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, the third class, make a difference. What do we do? We put you on a track, on a process to at least begin that discovery of how has God wired you? 
What, what, what are you you're good at, your strengths? What, what doesn't interest you at all? Things like that, that self-actualization. Now, if you think about all those seven needs, you'll think back now, that's why Jesus in the Gospels, he's constantly meeting those needs to draw people to him. He's healing people, he's giving them security, he's feeding them, he's cognitive, he's giving them understanding. You know what I'm saying, aesthetic, he's sending his disciples out in the boat to experience a storm, a real nature experience, you know, whatever like that. Jesus is speaking to this. Our church speaks to this. Our church in these seven needs, from the growth with physical needs and cognitive, bringing understanding to the word of God and who you, all these things, our church helps you meet these needs. However, did you know that what they found is even if all of these things are met, that people still don't feel completely happy. They said there's one more, and they've recently discovered this. And it's this, transcendence needs. Here's what they realized. I mean, they realized it. Probably someone just read the Bible. Okay, so transcendence needs. Here's, even if you go through all that and you have all these other needs that you're super successful and you're super wealthy and everything's great, you know what? You can't be truly happy unless you are helping others become happy. And, and don't we, isn't this just like God? We all know, we all know that happiness could never end with you. But what they found out is that even if you get to the end of this line, it, it's like unless you begin to help others, unless you touch lives outside of yourself, unless you are part of something greater than yourself, unless you are helping your fellow man, unless you are, are you following me? You cannot be happy. Isn't that just like God? God made it. He put the quest for happiness in man and made it that we couldn't truly find happiness unless we connect with Jesus and his mission and are involved in touching lives and changing lives and helping others and feeding others and, and reaching out to others. That's where happiness is, that's where Zoe is, that's how you find true life. And this is really what today is all about. Only God could do this. I, I wanna say one last thing before that about this, these transcendence needs. To, uh, the Wall Street Journal, listen to this, you can Google this or whatever. The Wall Street Journal in August of 2013, either August 2013, August 2014, they came out with an article, okay? Because what they're doing is, obviously Wall Street Journal, in this they were talking about people that are looking to invest, they were tying it to what do you who are you, what do you like to do? Are, are you investing just to make money or are you investing like to help yourself or to do a cause or whatever like that? And here's what they found. This is scientifically proven. The article is called Hardwired for Giving. And here's what scientists found. Once again, I think finally one of the scientists was a Christian and he just kind of told them in science language what the Bible says. Okay, they didn't just realize this. It's called hardwired forgiving, and what it says is this. It's scientifically proven, watch, that when you give, when you give financially, this is in the Wall Street Journal, when you give financially, a chemical is released in your brain that gives you a feeling of happiness and well-being. They studied this, watch. They said, not only, the, I don't know if it's dopamine, serotonin, you know, all the chemicals. Pills are good, pills are good. Just don't abuse them. Whatever the chemical is. 
That's a quote from Dumb and Dumber. He's not involved in this weekend. The, whatever the chemical, here's what they found. So they were just studying this thing of happiness and they found this, watch this. When you received a great gift, chemical wasn't released. But when you gave financially or gave to someone, a chemical is released in your brain that gives you a feeling of pleasure, happiness, and well-being. Thank you, science, that you finally agree with what Jesus said in Acts, what he actually said in the Gospels, but they said it again in Acts. Look, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Scientist Jesus, <laughs> Professor Jesus, Investor Jesus, Wall Street tycoon Jesus. Jesus is the one who said, look, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know what that word blessed means? It's makarios in the Greek. It means happy. If you wanna be happy, you give. If you want to solve, the, the, what, what, if you want to, to find what you're looking for on your quest for happiness, you need to understand where it's gonna end is your happiness is connected to making others happy. Your happiness is connected to touching the lives of others. Jesus says, I have created you and wired you where I'm gonna actually release chemicals in your brain, not in a temporary way, but in a fulfilling way. The joy of the Lord is your strength. When you tap into my purposes, build my church, when you reach lives for me, makarios are you, happy are you. That's how you're blessed. That's how you're happy. It's when you give. It's not when you receive. So let me say it this way. Listen, God wrote a story and he put you as a character in that story. He put you on a quest for happiness, a quest for you to meet your own needs. But in that process, you find out that you're not really happy and your deepest needs aren't truly met unless you have a relationship with Jesus and are touching the lives of others. You know what today's about? Today is about God helping all of us in our quest for happiness. That's what it's about. How many of you are excited? How many of you need a dose of vitality today? How many of you need some pleasure chemicals released in your brain today? Very, very interesting. Listen to this. So I was studying the scriptures on giving because you know for the, the whole month and what we've been talking about, we've been just like the video I showed you. We've been talking about impact, right? You know, and the light, man, 2,000 decisions for Christ and the lives that are changed and the next gen, we, we always show you all of these things in that what you're giving is gonna do, okay? So now watch this. Listen, I need you to lean into this because I just discovered this, okay? I've been preaching for a long time and studying the Bible for a long time now. This, I just discovered this this week in studying for this message. Are you ready for this? Every single scripture in the Bible that I have found so far, when it talks about giving, the motivation for God's people to give is not what God is gonna do for others, even though that's what it's about. It's about 
what God's gonna do for them. It's about what God is gonna do in them. So I was looking for scriptures, honestly, for this weekend, I was looking for scriptures like, give because you're gonna reach all these souls and because it's gonna be a huge impact and because all these things, I was, what I was looking for is giving scriptures, some giving scriptures that speak to you being motivated to give because of eternity, because of lost souls, because of impact and all that. And you know what? I couldn't find them, even though, I mean, that principle is all over the Bible. Jesus building his church, being co-laborers in the harvest. Uh, you know, make for your sins, uh, make for yourselves friends in heaven. You know, uh, 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 get your mindset on eternity. Like all of those things are in there. Jesus says, I need laborers in my heart. All those things are in there. Obviously the impact is huge and important, but when it comes down to God motivating the person to give, the motivation is not what their giving does. The motivation is what God is gonna do in them. Is that heavy? It's fascinating. So look, let me just give you a couple of scriptures. I'm gonna say one more thing, and then we're gonna pray. Watch this. So look at this. Look at, uh, we've got a Proverbs up there. Watch this. Give freely because people, because souls are in the balance. Give freely because, man, we need to expand God's church. Give freely because people are lost and hurting and broken. Now, are all those things true? Yes. But look what God says. Give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Now watch, why is God saying this? Here's, let me put on my psychology hat that I really don't have. This is, I'm guessing, okay? God is speaking to our quest for happiness. That's why Jesus said, you're more blessed, happy. It's more blessed to give and to receive. Do you see what I'm saying? Give freely and become more wealthy. Look at this. Be sent, you lose everything. Look at the next thing. The generous will make a huge difference in blah, 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 blah. No, the generous will prosper. I'm just saying it's interesting. Are you following me? Refresh others because they really need my love, because they really need my presence. Is that true? Yes. But when he's motivating us, he's speaking to a different component of how we're wired. Refresh, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Give, it'll be given back to you. So, don't so little because, blah, 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 blah. no, it says so little, reap a little. So a lot, reap a lot. Are you following me? Give and be pressed down, shaking, running over into your life. Tithe because, you know, we need to do all these things in the kingdom. No, tithe and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. Here's what I'm saying, okay? I'm not a prosperity preacher. I believe in prosperity with purpose. But here's what I'm saying. What God says is the key to your happiness, to you being blessed, is not yourself, but giving to others. 
Maslow and those scientists were right. It is tied in to transcendence. It is tied in to taking part of who you are, which for all of us, money represents part of who we are because it's not just paper or cards or checks or what it represents our energy. It represents our sweat. It represents our equity, all those kind of things. You cannot be happy unless you take part of who you are and pour that into the lives of others. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? Okay, watch. Let me just say a couple things and then we're gonna close. And here, here's why what I love about today, okay, what I love about today is that it's not about the amount. It's about you hearing from God and God doing something in you and for you as we build Jesus' church and touch the lives of others. Okay, let me just tell you a couple of, couple of testimonies that happened over the last couple of weeks, okay? First of all, and this is what I love as a pastor, okay? This, this, this single mom came, and uh, she gave a $20,000 gift this year, okay? $20,000. This was a single mom. She was not a wealthy person. Listen to this story. Um, in fact, please, I'm gonna ask, please, no one leave right now. We're not... I mean, we're just not, this is a sacred moment. Give me 10 minutes here, okay? Um, the Jags aren't playing, which is, or they're playing away, and that's a good thing anyway. So, <laughs> ease the pain. And so, uh, this single mom, she brought, me a, she, she brought us a $20,000 gift. And every time, my staff can tell you, every time someone's bringing some kind of significant gift, not amount, but in in proportion to who they are, what they're doing. I wanna try and meet with them because I wanna hear the story. We've never gotten like a large gift or a gift and I've been like, oh great, we can finish the whatever. We can finish the kids wing or that'll, do, that'll buy the worship equipment for Fort Lauderdale. I, I've never asked myself, I've never said or thought that. Every time I hear something like that, I'm like, man, I wanna hear the story. What's the story? What did God do in them and for them? that brought them to this point. Because guess what? Blessed, happy are they, and happy are they about to come. And I wanna make sure and hear the story because I wanna see how God blesses them in the future. So she comes in and she talks about, man, she's a single mom. She's got a, a, a daughter that she's about to send through college. And just this huge miracle of how she got this inheritance and she was bringing the tithe and a big offering on top of that and how precious and how sacred it was and what God had been doing in her life the whole year, leading her up to that, preparing her to give that offering and what she was excited about what God was gonna do in the future. Come on, can you give God a hand for that? There's another one. A, another one I heard about, the, the, a single guy, he's not even married yet and God moved on his heart. He's given um, this huge, another over 20,000, 20,000 something. He's liquidating this, this investment uh, that he had. And, and he was talking to people and they're like, man, are you sure? Are you sure you want to do that? He's about to get married and all this stuff. He's like, no, no, God is speaking this to me. Watch, I have to do this. This is connected to God and me and something great that God wants to do in my life. I remember this. I can remember one time when a businessman came into my office. He shut the door and, uh, you know, as a pastor, I'm like, oh man, what kind of problem? Here comes a problem. Oh, what's gone wrong? And uh, he came in and he reached in his pocket and he pulled out a check and he started crying. I mean, this guy's a big guy, successful guy, man's man, weeping. 
in my office and he unfolded the check. It was a $200,000 check. And he said this, he said, Pastor, this has been a dream of mine all my life. He said, I didn't always have money. He said, and I've been faithful and started tithing and then started giving and got over there. And now he's so blessed me that I can, I've always wanted to. At that time, that was the biggest check our church had ever received. It still is. We just had another one uh, come in a couple of years ago, but that 200,000, he just weeping. Like it was like, so I, the story of how God blessed him. And then I knew God was gonna bless him even more because he gave that. Yeah, but yeah, amen, yeah, great for him. But yeah, but then God, the blessing was that he moved. That's the other prayer pastor prays when, God, I know you're gonna bless them. Don't be moving them out of here, okay? We got all these projects. But God did, God opened up a huge new opportunity that's just a, a, a amazing and, and he moved. But watch, you're saying, well, still, well those, are, those are big gifts. They are big gifts. And, and we get those type of, of gifts every year. But watch, I've also, I can tell you about letters that I've gotten from people where their offering was like two or three hundred dollars. And they never, they, I remember one specifically where this person was talking about we, our finances were such a mess. We were in such debt. And when you would talk about tithing or giving offerings, it was like, a to, it was like you were speaking Martian. It was like we couldn't even imagine that. But you know what? A year ago, we went to the, uh, the, the financial uh, peace uh, group that you offer here in the church and, and you guys really helped us and, and lo and behold we took that step of faith and we, we, start, we started tithing which was a huge step of faith and then God blessed us and then we got healthy and then we and, and the thing was it was just a few hundred dollars above their tithe but they were like this you have no idea it is a miracle that we can give this this weekend, that we can give anything. It was two or three hundred dollars. Well, I love the story. You, do you see what I'm saying? So that's why today it's not about the amount, it's about what God wants you to give individually because God wants to do something in you and something for you. Yes, He's going to build His church. Yes, He's going to save souls and expand in His kingdom. But listen, today, two things are going to happen. You're going to make a difference in eternity through your giving, and God is going to make a difference in you. He's going to make a difference in you. And as you give today, I'm telling you, Zoe, happiness, true life is going to come into your life, your kids, your marriage, your business, your family, your pain, your problems, talked about this, even your past. Do you see? This is true life. This is happiness. It's gonna look different for everyone, but I'm telling you, you are gonna experience life and you're gonna experience the power of God in a special way. How many of you are excited about that today? Can you give God a hand? Okay, so here we, so here we go. I'm gonna ask no one, no one leave, please. Just, just we're, we're five minutes away here. Okay, let me just get you to take out two things right now at all of our locations, two things, okay? I want you to take out the offering envelope. 
okay? Please, I'm gonna ask everyone, just please, if you can stay seated. It's just a sacred moment. It's like Nehemiah. This is a sacred, special moment of, of celebration, okay? We're gonna dismiss in just a few moments. The offering envelope, here's the thing. If you're giving by check or cash or credit card or debit card or whatever, this is what you use today. It's very self-explanatory, watch. However, 70% of our church gives online. 70% either gives digitally or online. And uh, if you give online, we still want you to participate in the moment when the buckets go by in a few minutes. So what we're asking you to do is, this is not a pledge card or anything like that. You're just telling us if you give online or give digitally through the app or text or whatever, it just, just tell us what you're giving. It just has your name, the amount, and that you're either giving today or by what date. And just, just tell us what it is so you can participate in this sacred moment. Is everybody clear on that? If you're watching online, it's self-explanatory. We have online giving right there. So what we're going to do is this, watch. I'm going to pray and we're just going to sit here for a couple of minutes so you can have time to fill these out. And then I'm going to come back up and pray for the offering. We're going to pass the buckets. And, uh, and then I want to say a special priestly uh, blessing over everybody. I'm saying this once a year out of uh, numbers, the, the classic priest blessing because God's going to bless you. So let's do this. Let's tune into God. Come on, all of our locations, everybody tune into God right now. Tune into God. Let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Let's, let's make sure we're hearing from God. I'm only asking you to ask God and give what he's telling you to give. Most of you already know. You've already asked God. He's confirmed it in your heart. Some of you are maybe back and forth. And uh, just let's just tap into God and, and make sure that we're confirmed in what we're to give today so we can obey him and experience this miracle, okay? Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I just pray for ears to hear. Lord, what I ask right now is that all of us ask you what we're to give in this very sacred offering, Jesus, where we're giving to you and to the furtherance of your gospel through the church. God, I thank you that you tell us so many times in your word, that if we give, you will bless us back so much more. That if we give, you will prosper us. God, that uh, if we give, Lord, you're gonna do something special in us, through us, and for us, Lord. So we're excited about that. So Father, right now, confirm in our hearts what we're supposed to give. We ask you, Jesus, what are we to give? Confirm it in our hearts. And then Lord, we thank you for the grace to say yes and obey you. We give this as a sacred act of worship, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. For more information about Celebration Church or to get in touch with us, please visit celebration.org.